everybody out there, I'm Chad Belling with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast coming at you live from the great state, my second home, Arkansas, USA. We're down in the Grand Prairie, been spending the last couple days in what they call the woods, the flooded woods, the flooded timber, the green timber, Prairie Wings Duck Club. My good friend, one of my best friends, Brandon Adams, his brother Brian, Todd Ross, Joel Ricker, Andrew West, and a couple of my guests today, Mr. Billy and Nancy and Jillian, the entire crew at Prairie Wings. There's not a better place on earth, especially if you're a duck hunter, but just to hang out and eat great food and see a great sunrise and a great sunset and a great campfire and be around dogs and hot pots of coffee and living that duck hunting lifestyle and that's what we're talking about today i got two young men with me today they're both in their younger 20s they are uh, both students at the university actually one just graduated but both of them are from the university of arkansas in fayetteville arkansas the razorbacks an sec school uh andrew and weston welcome to this life ain't for everybody you guys have been having a big time in the woods this year oh yeah oh glad, yeah for glad sure. to be here well, I'm glad you guys are here, and uh, let's start with you, Andrew, real quick. We got to spend quite a bit of quality time here in the last 72 hours. Is there a better place in, and I don't know where you've been, but I'm going to name a couple places that I know you have been. You've been to Pine Bluff, you've been to Little Rock, you've been to Las Vegas, you've been to the Bahamas. Um, I don't know where else you've been in the continental United States, but is there a better place than Prairie Wings? Duck hunting wise, there's no, there's no doubt. There's, there's nothing better than prairie wings. It's uh, just everything that goes into it, you know, from nights out there by the fire to uh, getting up early in the morning, sitting in the woods right at daylight, just the sun creeping up. Those ducks, ducks flying around at all times, and and then just taking the boat right in, and being welcomed with Mister Billy's, you know, home cooking breakfast. It's just you can't beat that. Weston, you've been all over Arkansas. You come from a pretty rich uh, tradition of duck hunting. When you're at Prairie Wings, is it different than most duck camps that you've been to, that your family's talked about, that you've visited with your family? Or is that pretty, you know, is that pretty ideal or customary down here, the way that Prairie Wings is set up in the in the camaraderie and the kind of like the tradition and heritage there? Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much is. Every duck club that I've gone to, from Slicks to my grandfather ran that for uh, 23 years back in the day. And uh to the duck club that I work at now, I mean, all of them, they, the camaraderie is usually the same. The duck hunting might just be a little bit different everywhere, but for the most part, it's it's the same thing. So you, when you say the same thing, you're looking at, what I want you guys to just give me a little bit of a rundown. Andrew, you started mentioning a couple, a couple of them there, and I always talk about, you know, your duck hunting career and and the different parts that are going to come in and out of your duck hunting career like what's important now as opposed to what was important when you were 17 and what's going to be important when you're 30 and what's going to be important when you're 45 and as you grow and mature and flourish in this duck hunting sector you you start to realize that there's a lot that goes on there's a lot that goes into being a duck hunter and um i think you guys down here it's what i started to realize this this week is that you guys in Arkansas start to realize that probably earlier than most people do because you guys are so um, you're, you're so ingrained with it from an early age. So you guys are probably being raised on it. You're being talked to about it. Your your parents are are always you know you know your mom was a world champion duck caller. Your dad's a duck hunter. Your grandpa ran duck clubs. Your family duck hunts. Your girlfriend's family owns prairie wings. You have you have this whole. Um, kind of basis as a, as a young adult that, that 
hey, here's what here's what we're brought up on. And we realize that at an early age that there's a lot more that goes into killing ducks, right? And I want you guys to talk about that a little bit. We'll start with you, Weston. But what is, what, give me a little bit of an idea of what duck hunting means to you as a man, as a person, and, and what it does to your soul, what it does to your psyche. And if I'm going too deep, don't be afraid to tell me because this is, that's how I think of duck hunting. I think of it as therapy. I think of it as something that I can't go without. I'm addicted to it. It drives me nuts. They've ruined my life in a way because it's really all I want to do except be with my, my family is be in the woods or be in the marsh or be in the river, you know? So give me a little bit of an idea, um, what duck hunting means to you at, at, at 21, 22 years age. So, uh, growing up, uh, you know, I've, I started duck hunting whenever I was six, seven years old and just being out there in the woods, like I, out there at my farm where I, where I did a lot of hunting younger, uh, in the flooded rice fields. I mean, just growing up, going out there. I mean, even if the hunting wasn't the absolute best, just being out there, uh, in the, in the wilderness, I mean, in the nature and, uh, just being out there, I mean, it really is uh, good for your soul. And that's what I've always thought of it. And then, you know, the camaraderie that comes with it, the friendships that I've made over the years, um, like me and Andrew, we got to get, or like, uh, duck hunting is like one of the ways that we, we got, re- got to be really close friends. And, uh, it's just, it's just really cool for, you know, everybody to, everybody can, uh, I'm sorry, uh, do, uh, everybody can duck hunt and everybody gets a little bit different out of it. But, uh, for the most part, it, it's, it is very good for my soul. And I think that it, that it, it's like that for most other people too. And would you agree with that, Andrew? Like, are you, or do you look at it when you hear Weston talking about being good for the soul? Um, do you truly feel that way? And, you know, what, when did it happen? Why do you, is it because, is it because you get to hunt a lot or is it because you're good, a good duck hunter, or is it because you just understand those elements that are part of it on a daily basis? Well, I think that, you know, duck hunting is is one of the few things that you can totally drive an hour away and or whatever distance you're from, and you can just everything from the outside world is just taken away. You know, you don't have to worry. There's no worries in the duck woods. You know, it's just camaraderie and 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 being one with nature, basically. And so I I agree with that 100. I think it is it is good for the soul, and I think that you know. One thing that we were, you touched on about, you know, 17, getting older and older, you know, you start as, at first, it's all about duck numbers. You know, how many ducks are we killing? How are we doing this? And as you get older, you start to realize it's it's not really just as much about the numbers as it is the people that you're with and and the people that you meet and the camaraderie and, and you know, the late nights at the fire and, and all that goes into it. But I think that you start to realize that and appreciate that, that pot side of duck hunting way more as you get older. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree with that. Sorry, Wes, what's that? <laughs> no, I was just completely agreeing with Andrew. I mean, like Andrew said, like as you get older, like whenever I was younger, I would always get so mad if we weren't killing a lot of ducks. But now just get, being able to get out there and be in the woods, that I mean, that's just as good to me as, you know, killing a lot of birds. I mean, to me now, like with me being a duck guy and everything, whenever we kill a lot of birds, that's just a plus on the day. Whenever I get to get up and go out and get, get to go hunt every single day of the year, which I'm very thankful for, that just, I mean, there, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, and I think you guys do a really good job of showing that. And I think that 
you know, being an example to set forth for other duck hunters as you guys get into this and get new people involved, whether it's kids or little boys, little girls, whether it's your girlfriends, whether it's, uh, you know, aunts and whatever it is, you got to make sure that you show them that part of it, that it's not just about the, the numbers and the hashtags and the, in the piles and all the things that you Pictures see and, in yeah. social media today. There's, there's a lot of things to go. Like for example, you know, down at Prairie Wings this week, I'm not afraid to admit that duck club is worth millions and millions of dollars. Okay. It's no secret that it is. You have owners that are there that paid that much money to own that place because they've worked their asses off in their life and they've been able to afford things like that. And that's their right. And I love them for it because the, you, if you work hard, then you can do what you want. You know, that's what I mean is that you, you have the ability to have nicer things in life. That's, that's fine. If people look down on you for that, then that's their problem. I don't look at people like that. I look at that place as a place to where those guys could have bought it and just hold it for themselves, but I've never seen that many trucks in the parking lot. I've never seen that many plates on the dinner table. I've never seen that many conversations going on and that many beers being drank and that many sparks on a fire at Prairie Wings. I've been going there for five years now, and that it was special to see that. And my point is, is that that Brandon and Brian and Rossi and Joel and the owners of that place, they share it with everybody. They have that place to form camaraderie, to bring people, to introduce them to the woods. It might be their first duck hunt. It might be their best duck hunt. He's bringing, he, they bring in people that they went to college with. They bring in friends, they bring in family, they bring in friends of friends. And then where I'm going with this is that they gave us the best hole and let, and they just walked off and went into a little hole in the woods and we smashed them. And they killed a couple and they're the owners of it. And I'm like, that's how life's supposed to be. That's what you're supposed to be like. That's how, that's where generosity and that's where the true message comes to me is that that's what duck camp does to people. It gives you that freedom to, and, and, and that soulful feeling of like, I just want to share this with somebody. I just want to be a part of it. And like today I went on a hunt with a bunch of high school kids from, I think PA, is that the name of the school in Little Rock, the Academy? And I just sat there and watched how giddy they were about shooting ducks. And they're at that stage to where it's about that, that, that banging and getting that, that gun going, you know? And I was just like, that's awesome. They love it. They're yeah. in love with it. And they're sophomores and juniors in high school. So you see that transition into what Brandon and Brian and Rossi and Joel have built with Prairie Wings. And they're still every day, they're opening up their doors to us and to their friends and to other people. And to me, that's what the soul of a duck hunter is. The, and you guys can, I want you to talk about this next is that the compassion and what I call the heart of a hunter, it doesn't necessarily have to be a duck hunter or a goose hunter or a quail hunter or a, or a pheasant hunter or a turkey hunter or a deer hunter. It's the heart of a hunter. We have a big heart in a lot of different ways. And when I saw that this week, I was like, man, these guys are sitting on a mint here and they're just sharing it with the world, creating this feeling that, hey, we're all family. You agree with that, Andrew? Yeah, totally. And, you know, like we were talking about last night, and, and Mr. Brandon always said, you know, there's duck clubs that, you know, people pay crazy amounts, and, and they're limited to the amount of guests they can bring. You know, one guest, two guests. And that's what they decided when they when – they, he said when they got the place, is they weren't ever going to have that problem. You know, it was going to be bring whoever – because ultimately you can't have that camaraderie. I mean, you can with one person, but it's just not the same sharing it with, you know, seven, eight of your buddies sitting in one duck hole when, with, you know, 30, 40 mallards lighting in the hole. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think where you're going with that and what Brandon was talking about is when you become a member of a duck club and they got their rules, you can hunt on Wednesday, 
You can hunt Saturdays and Sundays. Maybe right. you can bring one guest every day that you get to hunt the club. And those guys that get those memberships, which is awesome. That's awesome that they right. get to do that and they can afford to do that. And that's one way to do it. You, you make your list of who you want to invite. You start making phone calls. I got Billy coming out on this Wednesday. And then I, and then I just, you know, kind of schedule them out throughout the season at Prairie Wings. I mean, it's just like family. When I walked in there, I hadn't been in that lodge since January 2nd of 2018. So it'd been over a year. I usually come a couple times the season, got busy. I usually come at least once in the summer. You know, I usually come once in the fall before duck season to watch the Razorbacks play. When I walked into that kitchen and I walked into that lodge and that mud room and I saw Mr. Billy and I saw Brandon, it was like I had never left. And that's the heart of a hunter. That's where it starts is giving back, making sure that that unity is there. And that's where, that's what duck camp is. And there's not a lot of places y'all are spoiled here because there's not a lot of places you can go like Arkansas. It's, it's might be like different to hear that, but I've traveled, I get to travel a lot and I've hunted ducks in a lot of places. Probably I assume more than you guys have, but you guys are in the thick of it here. Like there's nowhere in the world that compares to Arkansas for the culture of duck hunting. And when you're at Prairie Wings, you can look around and if you really broke it down and did a forensic, you know, just did a really strong forensic audit of that place, you would see that there's so much going on there that is good for the soul that you'd be like, man, how cool is it that we are welcome there with open arms and allowed to hunt that place when somebody else has the expense, the, you know, everything that goes into having it. And we're, and we're just as much owners as they are in a way. I mean, not on paper, but they treat us like we're partners. Right. And I, and you know, they, they did mention that, you know, at Prairie Wings, you could, you could have done the two guests, a, a, a owning member has or, and stuff like that. But you know, they don't, I believe they don't like that. I think they like to have as many people as they want down there and they, the camaraderie and get the people by the, the fire and sit around that big kitchen table and eat Mr. Billy's fried food. And it, it's just, it's just really is the cherry on top of all the, the duck hunting, you know? I mean, just, it just, that just really sums it all up with the, with the whole prairie wings and the killing ducks as well. Yeah. And you, you there, you know, I don't want to sit here and paint a picture and Weston, you can talk on this a little bit too. I want to ask you is that, it's not like, oh, we're going to Prairie Wings, we're going to kill a limit. Our straps are going to be full every time because that's far from the truth. Right. We, I've had days at Prairie Wings where you don't kill them. I've had days where you kill a few. I've had days where it's where you don't want to leave the woods because it's so unbelievable, right? Um, when you go into that place, Weston, and, and I know that you've talked about you, you've you've been around slicks, which mm-hmm. is there's probably not a better place in, in, the, in the area, in the Grand Prairie, to hunt mallard ducks than slicks um, woods. And... When you see somebody like Mr. Billy and he's smiling and talking with you and serving up that bacon and, and those breakfasts and those dinners. I mean, this week we had duck twice. We had breakfasts that will blow your mind from grits to biscuits and gravy to bacon, sausage patty, sausage links, fried bologna, eggs cooked to order, hash oh, yeah. browns, um, different things. And then the dinners were amazing. Like, is it something to where you look at somebody like Mr. Billy or the Prairie Wings Duck Camp and go, ah, you know, this is, you know, I, I, I get this daily or does it take your breath away? Do you stop and like sit there and go, man, I don't want this to end because to me, duck season is like, that's my life. Right. 
And when it comes in, I'm on top of the world. When it goes out, I'm sad as hell. And when I'm at Prairie Wings, it gives me that even more of a feeling like I don't want this to go away. I don't want this to end. And I, and I, you never want to over dramatize something, but that's truly what duck hunting and Prairie Wings does to me is like, you don't, you don't want to overstep your boundary and stay too long, mm-hmm. out, you know, outlive your welcome, but you also never want to leave that place. You feel the same when you're there? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I've only got to go down there a few times, and actually the other morning when we hunted together, that was my first time to get to uh, hunt out there because, like, like I said, I got every single day of the season. And uh, But, I mean, yeah, like with Mr. Billy, I mean, that's something else. I mean, he's been around that place for, for a very long time. Uh, back whenever, I think it was um, – AC Freeman owned it. Uh, I mean, that was back, I think in the early eighties, but he owned it. Mr. Billy was still around there, uh, running the place and everything. I think that's so cool that he's still there today doing the same thing that he always has. And I mean, honestly, no, you don't get that. uh, You don't get that a lot around a lot of the duck clubs around, around the Stuttgart area, because I mean, yeah, you'll have, I mean, they, with that, they just go for the good cooks. They don't care about the ones that, uh, like, or like tradition tradition. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, but no, that you don't see that everywhere at all. What, give me an idea, Andrew, of what that man means to you. Like, he's Bill, Mr. Billy's somebody that is, um, you hear the word indispensable, you know, like you, 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 we know that Prairie Wings would go on if Billy said, Hey, I'm going to go open up a restaurant. I don't have time to cook here anymore. We get it. It's still going to go on, but there's going to be a piece of it that dies. You know, if, if Billy leaves For those sure. grounds and he walks off and doesn't come back there, the place won't be the same. It'll go on, but it won't be nowhere near the same. It, the food could be just as good. I don't know. Billy's a hell of a cook. Billy was guided there for over 25 mm-hmm. seasons. He knows the woods like the back of his hand. He he gets it, and he loves conversation. And that's what the theme of our, our little talk here tonight is going to be is about my age. I'm I'm 20 years older than you guys. I, I went to college. I didn't do the fraternity did I, deal. I did the athletics deal, but I was on campus. I, I did that. And I want you to talk to me uh, a little bit, Andrew, being in your, in your early twenties of when you, when you see somebody like Billy Bogey and you get to spend those mornings, I, I watched you. I heard yeah. what you said to him. You thanked him every time, Mr. Billy, this, you gave him attention. It's, it's very easy to go into a situation and go kill your ducks, go grab your quick breakfast, go get a shower, take a nap, wake up, have a beer, have dinner, go to bed, wake up, kill your ducks, come back in, you know? Right. But Billy wants to talk. Billy wants to tell stories. He wants to hear stories. He wants to laugh this is what he freaking lives for, man. This is being on those grounds and having guys my age, your age, guys way older than me, guys way younger than me come in there. That's what Billy lives for. And I saw you, you, you make sure that you go out of your way to listen to him and, and, and talk with him because that's, that's how you live life is by right. communicating and opening up and being transparent. And do you, do you look at him like somebody that, that you just, you, you, you don't think you could replace it at, Prairie Wings is he is he somebody that's pretty much become family with you? Yes, I think I think in Prairie Wings one hundred percent. He's he's pretty much irreplaceable. And you know we've we've kind of talked about the the food side of Mr. Billy and all that stuff. But you know one thing about Billy is he's been in that area his whole life, and and he'll sit there and he'll tell you a story and some of the craziest stories hunting wise, just being around in that area. Um, and he'll sit there and talk to you all day. And and the thing about Billy is I think he loves prairie wings so much that i don't see i don't see how he could ever leave i think i think he would he will stay there until he physically cannot stay there you know physically be able to run at at prairie wings but i mean just 
as long as he's been there guiding and and cooking and 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 he knows that area better than anybody and and talking to him and Joel and Mr. Brandon and and those guys and and he's just he's just helping them out and he you know for example the billy hole there's a hole that they didn't even have till 2 years ago and Billy said there's ducks that used to go in there all the time it's not a very big hole and so they cut a hole which has now been hunted I'd say almost 10 15 times this year just from Billy's knowledge of knowing this place that well. And I love that hole. Yeah, it's a great hole. What about Rossi? Talk to me about Todd Ross and what he means to you as a man. Um, you, I don't know how well you know Rossi Weston, but Andrew, talk to me a little bit about Todd Ross and what it's like having him around at camp. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I like, uh, Todd a lot. He's, he's great. He's been, he's been good to me since I've known him. Um, you know, sitting here by the fire with him, he, he, he likes to have fun out there and, and I do as well. And, and, uh, but yeah, I've been around Todd for probably two years since I've known Blakely and, and, and he's been nothing but, but good to me and I enjoy being around him. And he, uh, he's always the guy that's making sure that people are taken care of. Right. And I think that's so cool because, I mean, he he doesn't have to do that. He comes down there to relax. He's got a stressful life. He's mm-hmm. done well for himself. But he, I, I just watched him the last three days, and I'm like, man, the dude is just not happy unless everybody else around him is taken care exactly. of first. He never, ever gets in line first to eat. He's always making sure he stands back and everybody gets their plate and goes mm-hmm. through Billy's line. Brandon does the same exact thing. Joel does the same thing. And I just think that that's the way that people are supposed to be. Right. I'm not sitting on a pedestal or saying, Hey, you better do this in life or, but that's just the way it's supposed to be. And those guys show it through example, you know? And I think that that's the message that Prairie wing gives to me that I saw more and more. And especially this season is that it's uh, you could go there for three or four days and you're going to kill your ducks. You're going to have great hunts. But what I, the little things that I see are, are, are the sharing the 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 compassion for each other the good times the memories the laughs the joke and the the meals i mean everything that goes into that place it's it's hard to imagine going through a duck season without getting to go to prairie wings and that's what that the, you know the last three days meant to me but i wanted to get into you know you guys being in your in your like again you know 21 22 23 years old just out of college and, and you still have a semester or two left andrew is I, we've been talking about this word that we named our new duck call company jargon. And, you know, I was explaining to you guys my ideology behind that name and, and how important the word communication is. And have you thought about it at all Weston, since we talked about like the way that you guys communicate today amongst yourselves, amongst your friends, your students, your peers, everything. Um, I don't, I didn't mean students, but kind of your classmates. It's a lot different than when I was in college. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't do the social media thing back then. I still don't communicate through with friends through social media, but maybe I'm old school. I, we do, we're on it with our brands, but I don't do anything personal on there. You guys, we were laughing at the beginning of this about uh, relationship status. You can go everything from relationship status on, in, on to showing your best duck hunts, to showing a recipe, to showing the cup of coffee you had at Starbucks that morning. I mean, you name it, you're going to get it on social media, but jargon is, is the specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people. We talked about duck hunts and duck camp and and how we communicate with each other how we communicate with our dogs and how we communicate with the wild animals the mallard ducks have you thought about it at all and is is it do you want to take more of an active role in 
jargon in communication and actually getting back to what the way we talked was across the table like this eye to eye let's go to lunch and talk let's let's meet up and have a meeting let's talk let's let's figure some shit out you know it, it wasn't about sending a quick text or a oh, quick yeah. dm i mean have you given any thought to that do you want to get back to that old school mentality that your dad had or your grandpa had um have you given that any thought since our conversation oh for sure uh i mean like i'm the type like i, I hate sending a text message like talk like trying to figure something out real quick i would rather call somebody get on the phone and talk to him like i'd rather talk to him face to face but if i can't do that i'd rather talk to him on the phone it just makes me so mad sometimes whenever you everybody tries to communicate uh tries to communicate through like uh social media nowadays it just really drives me crazy but yeah i mean like going back to jargon like what we were talking about the other night like i really have thought about that i, I heard that word back whenever i was in high school in one of my english classes but uh I really didn't know the full meaning until you explained it to us, but I have thought about it a little bit. Like, you know, just how you said, like the jargon that we use duck hunting compared to somebody like down the road, like you said, um, that is a, a gosh, farmer or whatever. yeah, farmer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the jargon is just completely different. And, uh, but no, I have thought about it quite a bit since you, since we talked about that the other night. And Andrew, you, same question to you is I want to get into it a little bit of, of, is it okay just to send your mom a quick text saying you love her? Is that enough where, and, and, and maybe it is back when we did it, we would have to actually see our mom or call her. And I'm not saying that that's the only way or the right way. I'm just saying, if you just type it real quick, does that give you the feeling that, Hey, I did it real quick. Hey mom, love you. Or does it maybe show that you didn't take the time to really let her hear your voice, let her hear you say it. And that might be a little bit on the lovey-dovey tr dramatic side, but like it happens all the time. It's so easy to just go, hey, love you. Like, mm -hmm. does that mean you're really thinking of somebody or is that a cop-out that, right. that, that's just a real quick, easy way to send a message instead of really taking the time to sit down and express your feelings for somebody? You don't have to do it every day, but I'm pretty sure that our moms want to hear our voice. They right. want to hear us express our feelings to them like, hey, mom, love you. What's going on? And talk to them a little bit instead of just that quick text. I mean, is that the way you're living or are you more caught up in this electronic messaging stuff that's going on in today's society? No, I've, if it was up to me, I'd have a flip phone. I miss those things so much. It was just so much easier. It's, it's so much uh, less stress having those things. But no, back what you're saying about the, that text, you know, I, I think it, it does, you know, show some affection, but I think it it doesn't compare to being on the phone or, or especially being face to face and telling somebody that you love them. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but, um, but I, I, I agree with that though. I think that, that, you know, social media has, has gotten people away from doing the face-to-face -face conversations. Like the other day I was driving down here and, you know, anywhere pretty much in this area, it's, you know, there's, there's small towns. And, uh, I was on the phone, I was trying to call Blakely, my girlfriend, and I'd be 30 seconds into a conversation. The next thing I know, she'd be like, hello, hello. And it, and it, it would, and I called her like six, seven times because I hate having to do the, I mean, just text message. Just, you know, it's just not the same. You can't get as much out. You can't, you know, don't feel like you're having the same um, meaningful conversation as you would over, over a message that is typed out. So how do we get, how do we get to that point to where we get back to that conversation? We get back to transparency. We get back to eye to eye, you know, nego that, that whole idea of, of getting to know somebody and reading their body language and, and seeing, um, you know, their, their 
the way they light up when they say certain words or the way they get sad when they say certain words. You can't do that over text message. And a lot of people communicate through text and they communicate through direct messages and they, they, they think it's okay just to put a picture up on Facebook and show a picture of their baby. They got to, you know, he did his first couple steps and, and all, it, it's just given us this, this way of, um, what an instant gratification, like, Oh, put my picture up. That's good for everybody. Um, I just sent my mom yeah. a message said, I love her real quick. Um, through, so, you know, through a dinner together and everything's in a rush, rush kind of deal. And, you know, when you talk to people that, that, that lived back, you know, 50 years ago, you know, my buddy Leith Lofton and Drake wrote, Drake White wrote a song called 50 years too late. And a lot of times I wish I'd have been born earlier when it wasn't about right. all these apps and all of this stress on the phone. And, and, and I'm the same way. I'm not sitting here trying to say that I don't text or that. I, I mean, I don't direct message. I don't do that stuff. I don't communicate through social media, but I do. I catch myself going, man, I haven't heard my best friend Wade's voice in a long time. I haven't asked him to go get a beer in a long time. I just sent him a text and I think, oh, that's good enough. We're still in touch. We're communicating and we're really not. Right. It's just a cop out in my opinion. It might sound, it might sound stupid to say that, but I really think it is. It's not the same. It's not the same as me picking up the phone and saying, Weston, what's going on, bro? You want to go meet down at uh, sidelines tonight or open season, the new bar in Stuttgart, watch the Alabama Clemson national championship game tonight. Said I sent a text. Hey, man, just checking in on you. going to watch the game tonight? And you're like, well, not yeah, probably just going to go down and watch with a couple of buddies. And then I don't know how you feel. I don't know if you want me around. I don't know if you even thought about having me around. I don't know anything. Right. I didn't yeah. have the chance to hear you tell me about this bar called Open Season, how cool it is. Hey, man. The TVs are gigantic. There's 15 of them on every wall. The seats are comfortable. The chicken wings are badass. The beer's cold. The waitresses are beautiful. The owner is awesome. He walks around and shakes everybody's hand. The freaking music, the jukebox. They got an old school jukebox in there playing Hank Williams and freaking Leith Lotham tunes. It's a badass joint, man. You got to come down there and hang out. That's the difference instead of saying, yeah. hey, man, I might go down to open season tonight. Come check it out. You know what I'm saying? You can hear that in my voice. I've never even been in the place, but I've heard so much about it. It's like right. I can describe it, right? So you, you agree with that? Like it's it's that 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 jargon, that communication amongst people is so important. And I want to see it get back to that. I want right. to see, I want to see people talk on the phone more. I want to see people meet more and 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 sit down and 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 converse and and really have some, you know, warranted and needed conversation and really get into each other's, you know, into each other's business a little bit. Right. I, I I totally agree. I think that it's it's become so crazy the amount of usage that's going into these iPhones these days, and 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 it's basically been pretty much a a safe zone for somebody. Their safe place, you can pull out their phone and they can communicate with whoever, and they don't have to deal with confrontation. You know, in a meaningful, like sincere confrontation where they would have to go into some something that they don't want to do. They can avoid that by sending a message or sending a text or an email or stuff like that. When instead of having to have a face to face conversation or over the phone, it, it it's just gotten out of hand. I feel like nowadays compared to what it used to be. Weston, you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like Andrew said, uh, I mean everybody just they're all on your phone. Like you go to a restaurant nowadays and you'll look at a family, like a family of four. And everybody will be sitting there stuck in their phone, not even t conversating with each other. And I mean, sometimes I can be, I, I catch myself, I can be bad about that, but I try my best whenever I, like I'm out with friends, whatever, put, put your phone away and enjoy everybody in the moment. I mean, because, I mean, we, I mean, we, we just don't realize that. Like, uh, I mean, we just sometimes take it for granted when we're like, whenever all of us are 
together and everything. Like tonight, like me and Andrew, we're going down to one of our buddies' duck clubs around uh, Humphrey. We're going to go watch the national championship. And like, hopefully nobody's going to have their phone out. We're going to, you know, drink some beer, have a good time, and just enjoy everybody's company tonight. And that's one thing that I really enjoy about Prairie Wings is the cell service is so bad that you pretty much have to get up out of your way to go send a message or make a phone call. So you're pretty much, you know, eliminating having to send texts and stuff. You can't just sit around and send texts and it, and you have to go sit in a certain spot and, and make a phone call, which is, is awesome in a way that, you know, you, you are, you know, you are physically um, making yourself go make this phone call. You can't sit around and just send easy texts. You know, it just, it's, it, it's really refreshing that you can go there and, and not have to worry about the social media aspect. Pretty much. It's such a pain in the ass to use your phone that you find every excuse not to even try it. Yeah. You know, there's one spot mm-hmm. in the clubhouse that it really works mm-hmm. and picks up enough reception. So you're like, screw dude, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, I don't even know where my phone is down there. Most yeah. of the time. Now again, on a professional level, I have to succumb to it because I gotta I gotta build that you know keep feeding that fire mm-hmm. fueling that fire and and pushing that content and pushing that that branding and trying to do that and it, it is it's tedious and it gets old but you have to do it you can't be ignorant to the fact that social media is a way in a form of marketing on how people are getting their content they're advertising today and I'm not gonna be the ignorant one to go I'm gonna make that transition and go into that world you have to. If you're trying to build brands or, or build companies or have that entrepreneurial spirit, you have to roll with the Joneses, man. You got to keep right. up with the times. But man, at Prairie Wings, I agree 100%, Andrew. It's kind of like, man, I actually sat down today and watched a movie from beginning to end without interruption by a text, without me looking on yeah. social media to get my feed or to see what this dude's doing. Who gives a shit.com, right? It's like, yeah. man, there was a time before y'all were probably before y'all were communicating a bunch, you guys have grown up in the golden age of social media. There was a time when I had no idea what a lot of people were doing on a mm-hmm. daily basis or how many ducks people were doing, unless I called them. I didn't know that people would take a, I didn't know 10 years later, people take a picture of their coffee and their freaking ham sandwich and say, lunch was good today. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I agree. Who cares? <laughs> it's like, like I'm all, I'm to the point, I tell people and people always they probably think I'm an a-hole because I'm like, I don't care that your baby took its first steps. I do, but call me and tell me that. If we're friends and we're close enough, then I want to know that as friends. Right. Just putting it up on social media, it's like, isn't anything sacred anymore? Isn't there anything that people can just wrap their arms around or drive their, you know, dig their fingernails into and hold it sacred to the point to where you don't have to share everything well you know i got a lot of family out there well then text them the thing or call them and send them a video on their well it's just easier to put it on facebook and that's the mentality it's just easier it's just a cakewalk to do and i get it that's keeping up with the joneses but i just feel like there's certain things in a person's life in your relationships in your family your kids whatever it is that not everybody in the world has to know every single freaking thing that's going on she took her first steps today. She colored her first picture. She made me her first heart. Like, that's cool. But that's you. That's you guys. Right. Keep that sacred between you. Don't exploit it to the whole world to where you're you're going. It's it's it should be sacred to you. Now you're just taking it and throwing it out there. Like, oh, it's just a, another thing my kid did today. I want to share it with the world. I don't know. That might be the wrong way to look at it. And your parents mm-hmm. might have shared everything about you guys growing up on social media. I have no idea. I'm not trying to say that you're a bad person that you do, but I feel like. Man, if it's keep some of that stuff sacred to yourself, you don't have to have your feed full of every single thing that 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 is important to you in life. 
Right. And, and, you know, I, about a year ago, were so tired. I'm probably of the 0.5 percentile of 22-year-old college kids that do not have Snapchat. I, I had it for forever, and then I was sitting there one day, and I was just going through a bunch, and it was just people's food or their dog or just just dumb videos that just nobody could care less. You'd never remember. You're wasting your time doing it. And I said to myself, I was like, I, I really don't care to see any of this on a daily basis constantly. So I deleted it. I hadn't had it for over a year. And and it's honestly awesome. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. I've never exactly. had it, but I, I, I've, I've been in situations. And Weston, I want you to talk on this too. Is like, I was like, I was around this girl and it like, I didn't care where we were. It'd be a concert. It'd be dinner. It'd be sushi. It'd be anywhere. And it's like, you're looking at pictures of pizza and i'd be like what do you what is that like i was inquisitive and she yeah. was younger than me and she's like oh my friends at this wedding reception and they're they're having a pizza uh, make your own pizza line i'm like so mm-hmm. who, who cares like what in the freak does that have to do with my friday night yeah <laughs> enjoy your pizza wherever you're at and don't ever tell anybody that kind of shit again because we don't care. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, yes, we do. We got to know what Susie's doing. I want to know what Andrew's doing. I, I wonder what Andrew's doing tonight. I'm going to go look at his feed. Oh, look at that. He's at the drive-in. Oh, he's at the Dairy Queen. Oh, he's at Sonic eating one of those chili Frito wraps. Those <laughs> things are badass, by the way. <laughs> but think about it. It's like you, you, you are going through your feed. And like you said, I'm so happy to hear that you canceled Snapchat. I've never had it. But it wears me the freak out to know that people would actually want to be updated on something that people are doing as tedious or, or, or elementary as ordering a cup of coffee at a, at a, at a, uh, not a bistro. What's it called? The barista at a, you know, from a barista. barista. No, is that, never, is that the word? I've never heard that before. Is it barista? <laughs> That's who makes your coffee, I think. But I, I just, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Now, again, you go onto our Instagram and you see Chad, he's running those stories, but it's not, is it right for me to say, well, it's okay for me to show me cooking on a Traeger with Mr. Billy cooking ducks that we killed today because we live off the land and this whole eat wild mentality and we eat what we kill, but it's not okay for you to show me your hamburger that you ate at Fuddruckers today that you're showing your whole downline or everybody that follows you. My mentality is I'm building a brand. Their mentality is I don't give a shit that you're growing a brand. I'm, just showing my friends what I'm eating for lunch. Maybe it's not right that I look down on it. Well, I say, well, I'm trying to grow a business. Right. I think the other stuff is sacred. If I'm out with my friends, that's a special time for me. I don't want people to know that. If I'm with my daughter and I'm and we're chilling at a at a red robin, I don't need to show people that I, you know, she's eating her fries. Right. Is it right to see it that way or is it just okay for everybody to put every freaking thing? And then the mentality is if you don't like it, then don't follow me. I don't follow you. Mm -hmm. I'm just simply saying there's people out there that, that don't care what you're doing on your Snapchat. Well then just don't follow me. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, like you said, I mean, people are going to do it. I mean, it, I mean, it, it can drive you as crazy as, I mean, as crazy as, go, as it's going to, but I mean, people, they're, they're just going to do what they want to do. They're going to want to, I mean, a lot of people don't think it, think of it the way that you do, Chad. They just, they put it on there and that's just kind of, that's their daily thing. They want everybody to know what they're doing all day long, which I personally think is kind of crazy. I've got Snapchat, but I might send a Snapchat here and there to some of my buddies, but it's not like I'm 
updating, like, keeping everybody updated with my entire life. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I hardly even really post anything on Instagram. I do every once in a while, but it's just, I don't know. I think it's just different for everybody. Think about this though, real quick, you guys at 22 years age, you and you guys think about this. You mentioned walking into a restaurant. We talk about it all the time. We go in we, you know, me, uh, our whole crew will go to lunch on certain days when I'm in town and we'll sit down at the thing and we'll be, Hey, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And then the waitress comes, takes the order. And then we're on our phones. And the excuse is we got to make sure we've been grinding all morning. Now we got to catch up on a couple emails. We got to catch up on a couple texts that we missed. We got to go and check out what what we're doing here as far as you know our, our workflow and and, and did check with the network and make sure all the whatever it is. I don't give a shit. That one hour can be spent yeah. eye to eye catching up, learning about what Tom's kids did that day, mm-hmm. and 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 figuring out. Hey man, our, this next barbecue that I want to have, I was thinking about this recipe. I wanted to run it by you guys. What do you guys think if I try this? Because I really take a lot of pride in my cooking. So I, I want to run things by them. Like, what if I did this? Would it be out? You know, you every minute you spend on that phone at that lunch is a minute that you're taking away from the real reason why you sat down there. Yeah. And 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 what kind of person are we programming? If you walk into a restaurant and see a family of four or five there, a mom in her 50s, a dad in his 50s, a kid in his early 20s, maybe one that's 16, maybe one that's 11, mm-hmm. and they're all on their their phone. What kind of person, what kind of kid, what kind of community, you know, somebody that's going to be part of our society are we raising? Are right. we teaching that it's okay to sit down and ignore the person to your left or out in front of you because Snapchat or Facebook status or your Instagram feed. What kind of person are we teaching to communicate that way? You're going to go into a meeting or a job interview when you turn 20 out of college and they're going to be like, um, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your experience in this field? And you're going to be on your phone going, man, I, I got to figure out how to answer this question. Yeah. They didn't teach me this shit. Ask on Siri. Yeah, ask Siri. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of person are we breeding if that's allowed? Think about that. Like if yeah. it is allowed, you say it's going to drive you nuts no matter what. It's going to happen. But does it have to? Can people freaking get get a, a, a grip on this and say, listen, no freaking phones allowed at this table. If you go to lunch with me, you keep your phone in your truck. Well, what if there's an emergency and I miss it? Oh, really? Well, my grandpa f- lived until he was 90 I'm not saying me personally, I'm just telling stories mm-hmm. here. My grandpa lived till he was 90 and he never had a freaking cell phone or an iPhone or this freaking thing that looks like a tablet that's full of every single yeah. bit of information. He never had one. And he went to lunch every freaking day and he was just fine. Well, times have changed. You know, there's a there's a, a population overgrowth and who gives a shit? It's that every excuse we make is setting us back further and further of learning how to freaking communicate eye to eye. And that breeds a weaker society period and i'll I'll give you a a prime example this was about two years ago and i'll never forget it i was sitting at in little rock at terry lynn's barbecue eating lunch and there was a a dad and he had a daughter that was about seven or eight i'd say and and a son that was about 12 or 13 and they had the big beats headphones on noise canceling headphones both of them with an ipad sitting right there in front of them as they were eating lunch and their dad was sitting there by himself off his phone just sitting there basically eating alone. And I was watching these two kids sit there and just do that. And you couldn't hear anything. There could be um, people yelling and screaming and they wouldn't be able to hear it. And so it was just the saddest thing ever. And I I still remember it uniquely. I mean, just 
like it was yesterday. I'm sitting yes. there thinking that's what this is what it's really come to. And, you, and like you say, that's it's what are we what are we teaching those kids to to you know understand and, and social skills and to be able to interact face to face with you know one on one with another person? It, it's 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 saddening and disheartening to see that. And I think I agree 100%, Andrew, and it's refreshing for me to hear you guys think along the same lines being the age that you are because there, there, there is going to come a, a time and place where people are going to have to learn or at least be asked to use their skills, you know, talking, communicating, right. negotiating, figuring out how to get a reaction out of somebody, giving somebody instructions, giving somebody directions. Like there's so much that comes through communication that when I get around somebody that is bad at it, I'm just like, that, that would be really tough to make it through life like that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I know how to look somebody in the eyes or open a door for somebody and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, thank you, and sit down and have a conversation, a meaningful conversation, and get something out of it. Now, I'm not saying that every time you're around people, you have to be gabbermouth, jabbermouth, whatever it's called, talking the whole time. That's not realistic either. But when it's time to sit down with a friend, can you really have substance? Can you really have excitement and passion and love and compassion and all the words that go in to making you, you know, your, your, the makeup of who you are as a human being, we're all different. Our DNA in our bloodlines are all different. So can you sit down and really get into the nitty gritty down in the neat, the weeds with somebody and have a good, strong conversation and come out of it going, man, that's freaking awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I learned something today. That guy, I was a sponge today. That guy was learning from me. He was asking my opinion about things. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to negotiate. He taught me how to, he taught me how, you know, he taught me a little bit about the geographical makeup of the great state of Arkansas. I'm like, all right, well, what does that mean? You know, like, uh, uh, this is a true story. I'm like, what did you get out of it? And they start going off like, well, you know, it's just this whole place around the Grand Prairie was once covered in all these woods that you see here, you know, and then they figured out that rice was going to be a commodity, that this soil was going to grow, and this was going to be a big production area for the rice. So they started clear-cutting all these trees, and they left some of them, and they built levees, and they got rice, and, and the, you got the White River and the Cache, and you got the Black River, and they all flow into the mighty Mississippi, and you, you have all these reservoirs like clay pools, and you got all these holding, and you start to sit there and like, man, that makes that place a lot different than just flying into Little Rock and getting a rental car and driving over to a duck club and killing ducks for three days and getting back to Little Rock and getting on the plane and flying home. That place is rich in history, but it wouldn't come unless you love reading and laying in your bed and reading. You can do that. Mm -hmm. But I learned all that through talking and listening and going, no shit. Really? I thought the White River was just a river that had some pretty good trout fishing in it, but it's a duck factory. It's one of the ways the ducks get to the Grand Prairie, right? And you're like, or, you know, that's one of, the, one of the biggest hunting areas in the whole state of Arkansas. But you don't learn that stuff unless you really sit down and talk. Are you going to sit there and type that all out on a text and go, you know, the White River runs from here to here and it's low in the months of this. But once it reaches 27 and a half feet, you, you can, like you, when you're talking, you learn so much about things right. and people. And it's cool to hear you guys be like, hey, man, I want to get back to that. I want to get away from the phones because I'm telling you, most people your age, I would assume and I would bet money that they're, they're like, dude, don't even talk to me. I'm, I'm, I got my phone. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. 
Right. It couldn't be further from the truth. And one day their trump card, they're going to have to pull a trump card because they're going to they're be called to the table to be able to talk and communicate. So it's back to that question. What kind of person, what kind of people are we raising right now where they have their noise canceling headphones on or their iPad in front of them or their phone in front of their face and the waitress is trying to take the order and she can't even get a kid to order because they're so into what Pokemon's doing or whatever they're watching on their freaking smartphone. You know, I, I mean, going back, like talking about this, I think that people for me, like me and Andrew's age, we're going to be a lot better off than, you know, the kids that were born in the last, you know, say 10 years. Because like nowadays, like, I mean, you see kids now, like they don't have toys. They don't go outside and play. They don't like back, back whenever I was growing up as a kid, I knew where all my friends were by riding around the neighborhood on my bike and seeing all the bikes outside of somebody's house in the neighborhood. And that's what, that's what we did. And now all the kids, they just stay at home. They're on their iPhones, on their iPads, and that's all they do. They don't really go out. They really don't hang out with their friends as much as what they used to anymore or like what we did growing up. And it's just completely different than uh, what it was, you know, whenever I was a kid riding my bike around the neighborhood 10, 15 years ago, or my dirt bike even, because I had one of those. There was 11 of us in my neighborhood that had those. So, I mean. The dirt bike club. Oh, yeah. Clubs were cool. No, it wasn't a club. It was just a we No, got, but think about it. Clubs we should, were we cool. Should, we, we should chase the paper lady on our dirt bikes, and we got the cops called us on, on us all the time. It was hilarious. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't scare her and put her life yeah. in jeopardy or in danger. Like you think about what he's saying, like clubs. That, that's we had clubs. <laughs> I had a breakdancing club, man. I had a freaking piece of cardboard spray painted with the black strobe light that we carried around from garage to garage, and paid five people would pay five bucks each to watch these little white boys breakdance. <laughs> we we were okay at it, but we did it. It was fun. Yeah. It was like people are like, man, you let's enjoy get doing into this. It. it. Yeah, like there we had a like. I'm not saying that there's not clubs anymore because we all know that there's tons of groups of people that you can join, but. And you were getting ready to say something, Andrew, but it's cool to hear Weston say that, that it might, maybe you guys are the the last of the Mohicans when it comes to knowing where your friends are, depending, you know, of, depending on how many bikes you see out on the sidewalk. That's the coolest picture vividly in my mind that you said just now is like, man, I remember my bikes. I remember driving in front of a house going, there's Johnny, there's Joey, there's Jenna, there's Clint, there's Clay, there's Tyler, there's Lewis, because I knew all their Huffies, mm -hmm. all their Schwins, all their red mm -hmm. lines. They're all laying out there, and some didn't had kickstands. The ones that were badasses didn't have kickstands because <laughs> those were the ones with the bunny bars. You know, they did all the trick shit on them. And you're like, man, this is my club. These are my boys. I'm here. I just mm -hmm. got out from church. I just got back from school, whatever. I'm back in the, I'm back in the group. Now it's like, hey, man, where y'all at? Oh, okay, good enough. I'll be over here playing my... my uh, my uh call of duty or these Fortnite. Fortnite. Fort yeah what the frick my <laughs> these kids are dancing like mm -hmm. freaking seizures they look like they're having a seizure the way these people these kids are dancing off of this game Fortnite. and i'm just like people like you're just jealous because you didn't invent it and i give all the credit in the world to people that invent that shit and make tons of money and have huge revenue streams that's awesome yeah but that doesn't mean that I want to be around a bunch of kids doing that dance and looking like they're freaking in pain. It's annoying in a lot of ways. Well, they're just having fun. I get it. I love it. That's fine. But every single, it shows you how that stuff just spreads. It just spreads through mm -hmm. that age group, right? Like fire. 
it used to spread through our neighborhoods because we knew who's what mm-hmm. bike bike people were. Hey, meet me at the half pipe, man. We meet the half pipe. I didn't even know how to skateboard, but man, I would put the wrist guards on, the knee pads, my <laughs> mm-hmm. elbow pads. I'd have my Tony Hawk, Pal and Peralta, Bones Brigade skateboard. I, you guys probably don't even know who Tony Hawk is. You might. Oh yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. He's. But I'm saying like, we'd hang out on the half pipe. You know, we would hang and 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 get down in the weeds and get dirty and play in the dirt and ride dirt bikes and go catch lizards. And go look for rattlesnakes. And our parents would be like, you're crazy. But we didn't catch them. But we knew that they were around. And we'd always be, you know, cautious of where rattles. We grew up in the country. We grew up outside of town. We grew up, you know, you had to go freaking where your friends went. We wanted to be around our buddies. And now it seems to me that just exactly what you guys said. You guys might be the last of the Mohicans if you truly feel that. Because these young kids that are 8 and 9, 10 years old, I'm watching them going, wow. They are nonstop on these electronics. I mean, yeah, it's just you nowadays, like you said, eight, nine, ten years old. You can give them a, or give them a phone, and you won't hear a no. That, and that's and that's the sad thing about it. His parents nowadays, that's what they do. Because I mean, you give them that, they don't have to listen to their kid. That kid can go lay in their bed and just play on their phone, and that's that world, the world's best, cheapest babysitter. Oh yeah. And think about it though, is that. You could get had a kid, a six-year-old kid, a phone, and he'll roll through that thing better than I can. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, you, I, and you, like I told, Mr. Billy just got an iPhone for the first time. And he, <laughs> he had to because his, his phone finally gave out his flip phone. And I told him, I said, you need to get your grandson or Carter Wicker to teach you how to do that. And that's, those kids are, you know, eight, eight, ten years old. And I said, those are the kids that would be able to show you how to do that. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, because he's like, Chad, you get them pictures I sent you into Christmas? I said, no. He goes, well, I sent this one, this one. I'm like, I didn't get any of them. Yeah. And so he, he goes, I just don't know how to use this new phone. I just, yeah. It's a, a, total, a total mystery to him. And I think that's awesome. I do too. I think it's so cool. Like, I wish I was confused of like how to turn on my iPhone and get it to work. Like, I, re- I just want to go down to the neighbor's house and have some coffee. Mm-hmm. and sit around at the local cafe and have have an egg and and, a, and some coffee and talk to the guys that were born 50 years ago, you know, 50 years before me that, that grew up in the right time. And I, that might sound dumb because a lot of people think we're living in the golden age right now. We might be. It's awesome. Our, it, it, it is easy to stay in touch with people. It's made it easier. It's, it's we can pick up a phone and, and, and you don't have to be at your home with a rotary and to call somebody. You could be in your truck in Montana and call somebody in Italy. And that's fine. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But it doesn't mean that you get away from what matters in that family time, that friend time. And we just talked about it. we're as guilty as anybody as a group when we sit down at lunch and we all get on our phones because we think we're missing something. And that's what social media has done. You all, all always think, what am I missing? What did Andrew kill today? How, yeah. many, how many did Weston's club kill today? If I don't know, my duck season is smoked. Like, no. Yeah. Who gives a shit how many Weston killed today? Who cares? It, it's, like you, it's like people have gotten to the point now to where they're so high on success of showing the success through social media, they'll fake it. Yeah. They'll fake it and burn themselves to where I'm like, that ain't happened. That didn't happen. Yeah. That's not the truth. That's way far. That's that's not today. I promise you. Yeah, that was you a cloudy day. This is it's a sunny day today. You, yeah, you didn't kill all those ducks today. You didn't do that today. And it's like, why would you? Who could wake up and put that on there and try to pull the wool over somebody's eyes just to make themselves feel like they accomplished them? Mm-hmm. It's that social media mentality because before it wasn't like that. 
you didn't have a way to prove that every day. You had to show them your actual ducks. Mm-hmm. I ate them ducks last night. Here's the ones I got today. I took another picture in a different background. And now it's just like, man, I could tell another story on social media. I'm going to get my likes up. Mm-hmm. I'm nobody without my likes. Really? I just watched a guy leave here about an hour ago named Brandon that doesn't give a flying rat's ass about a like. Yeah. And he's can he he's got a lot of shit I like, if that makes sense yeah. to you. You know what I mean? It's like so it's that that is such a minute part of life, the social media acceptance and success on that stuff. It's it's very minute in what it's where it's going to get you in this life. I, I I totally agree. And and you know, one thing I I noticed today, and I was I was going to touch on is I was just so envious of. I don't know if you noticed this morning because you show, I mean, you were a little bit later to breakfast, but did you see, you noticed that, that group of about seven or eight older men, probably older retired farmers sitting there eating breakfast this morning Yes. and, and just sitting there. And as you, you can just tell that those guys sit there every damn morning and sit there and drink their coffee and eat their breakfast at the same time, no matter what day it is. And they're there every day. And you do not even think about seeing any type of electronic or, or, any type of uh, other form of communication besides face to face right there, just telling old stories and stuff. And they, they were there for however long we were there and, and probably plus some, they were there before we were there. It was over, over an hour. And, and that's just something that I've, I've always wanted to strive to, to have that, that, um, that group and that, that mentality and, and camaraderie with, with somebody, you know, even, even now, where you can sit there and sit around and, and talk to somebody like that with, with no distractions and no, nothing. And, and I agree. And I, and I, I don't want to get away from Andrew and Weston of the fact that, Hey, times might've changed that not every lifestyle is a, a, a small town farmer. Those guys might've been multimillionaires off their farms and they're going to wear the same clothes every day and go to yeah. the same cafe every day. They know the waitresses by name. They know the owner, they know the cook, they know the, they know everybody by name and all of the people that work there know them by name. And that's awesome. And I'm not saying that, everybody fits that mold you know there's all there's lifestyles that can't do that some people travel too much to do that it is awesome to have that that place to go and 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 be accepted and and have everybody's name down and 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 just have that camaraderie when you're in a place like that i love it i know exactly what you're saying i don't want people to get the message like hey you gotta if you're not doing that then something's up with you because that's not the case at all we strive for that we want that simplicity we want to get back to those times to where you know, you know, Claude did good at the bake sale and Jimmy hit a home run at the little league game the other night. And that, that's not boring. That's awesome. That's life. But now it's gotten so materialized and so self gratifying to get a like that we're, we push for that. We're, we're like, man, look at how you said it yesterday. Me and you're like, man, look at the freaking pictures this iPhone 10 takes in portrait mode. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, this thing's going to get 15 million likes. <laughs> this is badass. And I, before I'd be like, that's just a pretty picture I want to frame and put on my wall. Yeah, I was thinking a canvas right there yeah, in my You house. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like that was the mentality of the old school. It's like, man, I want to put this up at the duck club. I want to put this up in my bedroom, mm-hmm. in my wherever. And now it's like, man, I'm going to put this up on social media because I'm just going to, I'm going to check it every hour and I, I'm going to get so many likes on this one. And then I'm going to like, and then what are you going to do? 
Right. Then what are you going to do when the likes run out? Then what are you going to do? Like what, what's next? Do you even know what a frame is? Do you know what that picture means? Do you know right. the true meaning that's within the, the confines of that, that the, the photography, you know, the inside of that digital piece of art there, that photo, because it's not Polaroid or ink anymore. It's, it's different. It's digitized now, but do you even know what was going on when that picture was taken? Or were you just simply taking it because you thought everybody in your downline wanted to see it? Right. Think about that. Because, I mean, and when you have one up there, the frames and stuff, and everybody that walks in, there's a story behind it. And you, you take the picture and you do that, it, it just it just goes in your camera roll, just kind of like it goes in the back of your head. It doesn't mean as much. And you put see that thing sitting up there, and somebody said, what, what's the story on this? And then you just immediately remember like it was that morning. Yeah. You could just talk about it for, you know, hours, stuff like that. No, I agree. And it's I think it's cool to hear you guys, you know, t- think and talk of, along these lines because – there, there's going to come a time to where that stuff runs out, in my opinion. I don't know. You know, I don't have any proof of that. But something's got to give to where people aren't hunting likes every day. They're not doing things to get likes. They're not trying to get more followers. We can go into – I've had several conversations on all, you know, from a pretty girl who isn't, you know, that's – sponsored by all these hunting companies and they're wearing bikinis on a cooler and they're fishing. I'm like, that doesn't happen in real life, you know, but people Mm -hmm. are, you know what I mean? And we could talk about that. And I, I don't want to get into that because I've had several pretty heated conversations to where people either agree with me or disagree that, that, you know, that their point of view on that. But I think that the main part of this, the jargon, the specialized vocabulary, that small cafe, that duck camp, being in that kitchen with Mr. Billy, cherish those times, cherish conversations, cherish your conversations with your guys' professors. I I remember I, I was a talker in college. I would always have conversations with my professors, whether it was a female or male, I would want to know who they are, what they were, what, what the gist was of why they were teaching this class. And I'd get to know them. I mean, I, I wanted to make it a point of like, man, I don't just want to go hunt your ducks i want to freaking know what the hell's going on um you know with you what, what how did you get here how why are you teaching at unlv what what why, why mm-hmm. how did you become a professor in hotel management and i wanted to break it down and figure out you know who this person was and i think that people have gotten away from really knowing who the people they are talking to them because they're it's so easy to talk to everybody now uh everybody's accessible before i knew you i could send you a private message and go Hey man, saw you were wearing a shirt with Max Prairie Wings logo on it. Any chance you could tell me where you got that and what the SKU number is on it? And like, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, man, I got in the heart of that. And you're talking to a total stranger because I have access to you. Right. It's like, that's, that's crazy to me that you can reach anybody. Like the rock has an Instagram, <laughs> you know, slash has an Instagram, you know, I love guns and roses, but I'd be damned if I think slash is going to personally return my direct message. You know, like it's crazy to think that way, but everybody's accessible. There's a chance he sees it. You can go on and put a picture online and tag me on it at the foul life TV. And I'm going to see it. Oh man, Weston really got him to who the hell is Weston? Yeah. You know, why do I give a shit that Weston got him today? Well, it's cool. You know, he's, he's sharing his duck hunting story with me and, and that's showing that he's seen what we're doing. He like, that's part of the branding. Is it right to think that way and not think personally that it's okay to do it personally? Like, I don't know. I, it's just a, it's an argument. It's a conversation to have. It's you guys are at that age now to where the guy, the guys and girls coming up behind you guys. I don't know if they're going to know how to communicate. I really don't. And that might be unfair to say, but I don't know if they're going to be strong communicators. And that's where I was going with that jargon theme. 
Right. I want. I have a whole idea for a line of restaurants. I sat down with Todd Ross one day over over the phone, and I explained this whole idea of these restaurants mm-hmm. that I want to get into. All about this same theme. No phones allowed. Well, how are you going to get your marketing? Word of mouth. People are going to talk about me. No social media allowed in them. If you want to go outside and get a car in your car and take a picture of it and say this place is awesome, that's fine. But while you're in these walls, there ain't no phones. There's going to be topics of conversation and discussion every day written on a blackboard with chalk. Our waiters and waitresses and our maitre d' and our, our people inside are going, to, are, be, are going to be well-versed. They're going to know how to converse and have conversation and look you in the eyes. And this experience, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour and a half, is going to be nothing but eye-to-eye conversation the old school way about talking and getting to know each other and not hearing a little beep and go, oh my God, I better check it right now. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait till the end of this. I got to see exactly what's going on on my phone right now. There won't be any of that. And I came up with this whole business plan, this whole theme of these restaurants. If you don't have anything to talk about today, look up on the board. There's our topics of the day. Talk about those. That's awesome. That's what I was thinking. Like, let's give them a reason to go in there. And yeah. then people are going to be like, man, you heard about this place? And I ain't going to say the name, but you heard about this place? Yeah, man, no phones in there. People are talking. They're walking up to you, having conversation. There's live music on Friday nights. Nobody's taking pictures of the band and watching it through a four-inch screen when the whole freaking thing's going on in front of your face. You ever seen that at a concert? You notice that at a concert or something, and they're watching it through their screen. I'm like, dipshit, it's right there. Why would you watch it four inches when you could be watching it in 3D? Like four, you know, in, 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 in the best color, the best situation possible. Well, I really want to have these videos to show my friends. Nobody will ever watch those videos. Exactly. Nobody. I don't care how many you take. Nobody's going to go, man, that's awesome. I remember I was at a, a John Mayer concert and I've, I've, my favorite song came on and I've, I videoed it. And I still to this day have not watched that video one time. Never. And I, and I regretted that. Too. That was the only video I took at the concert, but I regretted it so much because like that's, that's, you know, it goes back to that. You, you just, you're what, missing it. You're missing the whole idea of it. A hundred percent. And I think I I just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you get into your professional careers is you get done with college and you start moving into, um, you know, the different things that you guys are going to do to, to have a livelihood of start a family, know how important communication is. It is the freaking key to success. I'm telling you not just financial success. I'm talking about everything that goes into a successful relationship Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, father, son, father, daughter, mothers, whatever it is, communication and transparency is key. And if you get away from that ideology, then you're really defeating the purpose of why we were put on this earth. We are giving our motor skills and our ability to learn language. And English is the hardest language to learn, in my opinion. There's so much. Like for us, we're like, man, Italian's tough. Spanish is tough. Russian's really hard. Dude, those guys are like, are you effing kidding me with English? It's hard because there's so much that goes into our language. But master it, become one with it, be able to wow somebody, not with bullshit or pulling the wool over their eyes, but be like up to date, know your current events, know what's going on, know your geography, know some of your history, know who the president is, know what's going on around you, stay in touch, stay in tune, learn, be a sponge. And I'm telling you, that's going to go a long freaking ways. And you know, I wanted to get into that with you guys today because I saw something different around Prairie Wings this week of of the com- the camaraderie and the communicating that was going on and how special duck camp is and especially a duck camp that you can't get in there and be on your phone the whole time. 
think about that, how lucky we were to experience that. We got to know each other. I've been around you. We've been to basketball mm -hmm. games, yeah. hung out, but we never talk like we have today or we did in the woods yesterday. We're friends now. Right. We got each other's phone number. We're buddies. And that's through being around each other and talking and taking the time to do so. So I guess in a nutshell, Duck Camp taught us another lesson this week. It right. gave us even more than a pile of green, a picture that we got likes on. It gave us time with Billy in the kitchen, mm -hmm. time with Brandon and Todd and Joel and the guys around the campfire, time around the Traeger cooking those ducks, yeah. time with our dogs in the boat. Think about that. Yeah. You can't break that bond. No. I, I agree 100%. And, and you know, Weston, is, he, he can agree with that as well, that, you know, just being around there, it's, it's, we've slowly realized it's not the, not the numbers part of it of killing ducks it's it's there's more to it there's so many relationships we've built and 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 new people that we've met because of a shared bond to chase waterfowl ducks chase waterfowl and ducks one i mean that's would you say no oh, yeah i completely agree with you i mean it's it's not about the numbers like you said it's just uh getting to go out there every day the friendships i've made uh I mean, it's just truly incredible. I mean, for example, like uh, I just graduated from college, and I mean, if it wasn't, if it honestly, if it was not for duck hunting, I would not have. Like, I, I took a job with a company out of Mississippi, and it, if it wasn't for duck hunting, I would not have been able to get this job because that's. I work for the duck club. Uh, I work for the company's duck club in Stuttgart, and I got to know all the sales the sales guys in the in the company, and from that. I ended up getting an internship with the company this past summer, and now they offered me a job, and I'm starting in February with them. So, I mean, it's uh, it's that's, crazy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, and if you think about it, guys, we're 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 talking about things that mean a lot to us, and 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 they could happen in any part of society. And that's really what I wanted to get into today is that communication is key. And as duck hunters, we get to experience duck camp, and I've always talked about that. Duck camp USA, and some in Canada. Because there's not a lot of duck camps in Canada. It's mainly lodges up there unless you go up there in freestyle. But duck camps are the most special place on earth. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you do. You can, you're, I know that what you do is just as important, if not more important, than what I do as a duck hunter. I'm not saying that what you do has less value of us being duck hunters. I'm simply saying, my opinion, there's no more special place in the world. I don't care if you're on the beaches of, of Spain in the Riviera of Italy on the Amalfi Coast, down in South America, there's no more special place in the world than Duck Camp USA because of the things that we just talked about. Yeah. And we got down in the weeds a little bit about jargon and communication and not faking it, not do it, going through those motions. So before we leave, let's just do this. Fayetteville, the Razorbacks, SEC, struggled in football this year. We're just a couple outs away from World Series champions last year in NCAA Division I baseball in the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. Your basketball team was ranked in the top 20 last year. Struggling a little bit more this year, but they had a big win against uh, A&M, a Texas A&M College Station. They that beat them in College Station. A lot of cool things go on on that campus. Dixon Street right around campus, the, the sorority parties, the fraternity parties, the baseball games, football games, basketball, the women's sports. You guys are – living the college dream being in Fayetteville. That place is awesome. Mm -hmm. You graduated yes. in ag man. Ag, what did you I did ag business with a marketing and uh, management minor or uh, concentration. That's what concentration. Got, yeah. Congratulations so, on your you, degree. Thank you very much. College degree is very important and college does a lot more than just give you that piece of paper, it teaches you how to communicate, network, juggle, 
You're not getting woke up by mom and dad every day to go mm-hmm. to school in high school. You got to discipline yourself, time management, everything that, that goes into building a successful career and becoming an asset to society. Andrew, what are you studying? Uh, ag business as well. Ag business. Guys, girls, this life ain't for everybody. These guys are living the dream. They're growing up in Arkansas. They're hunting mallard ducks in Arkansas, the flooded timber, the woods of Arkansas. And I'm 44 years old. These guys are 22, 21, 23. We're buddies. Just because somebody's younger than you doesn't mean you can't have a relationship. You don't have to be the father or the mother of a 22 year old to be friends with them. I watch Brandon. Brandon's five years older than me and he's friends with you guys. I don't like that. That Hey man, you know, I'm old. I, I want to be a mentor. Maybe I am. You guys are mentor me some ways. I've learned from you guys this week. Life isn't about age. Life isn't about groups. It's not about being, you know, dissecting different communities. It's about saying, hey, we're all the same. We can get along. We got a lot in common. 44, I, I don't mean to burst your guys' bubbles. Y'all are going to be that age someday too. Mm-hmm. It ain't, it's the, the times of hand don't, the, the hands of time don't stop. They're ticking every day. It's all about what right. we put into those days and those hours and those minutes that make us and give us substance, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing you guys, I'm better off. And I appreciate the friendship. I appreciate the time in the woods. Jargon duck calls, you guys like them? Love them. Oh, yeah. Sounds, Love them? Love sound them. very good. They sound like ducks, huh? Ducks, I mean, easy to blow. Freaking ducky. Mm-hmm. We'll practice all night, guys. I appreciate it. For Andrew, for Weston, for all my new friends and family down here, because you know I do call myself the adopted son of the South, Brandon Brian, Joel, Todd, Mr. Billy, Brandon, the other Brandon, Billy's nephew, Diane, I'm sorry, not Diane, Nancy, and Jillian, the entire crew at Prairie Wings, everybody at Max Prairie Wings, Chuck Locke and, and, and Brandy and the entire crew there. Adam, thank you guys for everything you do for the foul life, for Banded, for This Life Ain't for Everybody, for all of us here at the foul life and, and all of our brands. We truly appreciate the support and the family atmosphere that we get to experience when we come to the great state of Arkansas, the Grand Prairie, the, the duck capital of the world. I love it. I love it. You guys, you guys got any closing words? Just glad to be here. Thank you very much for putting us on this podcast. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. It's really cool. Wouldn't want any other way. Again, guys, thank you so much to Prairie Wings, everybody in Arkansas, this state rocks. Guys, if you want to find out any information on us, check us out at thefowllife.com. We have new merchandise every day in the store there, releasing some cool designs and hats, beanies, sweatshirts, T-shirts. Got a new line of of Jargon Duck Calls apparel coming. Check us out at jargongamecalls.com for the small talk, the loud mouth, and the icebreaker. Our duck calls are getting a lot of attention right now. We're very proud of them. And there's new episodes of The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel. Can't wait for you guys to see that. We got an exciting new season coming in 2019 as well. I'm Chad Belding for Andrew and Weston. Thank you all for joining us from the great state of Arkansas. Tom Rashashin, if you'll do me a favor, play that song by Leith Lofton. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? What you gonna do when the money's all gone?